Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. We uh, controlled the game really well right from the start. Credit to the players, they, uh, they stuck to their task. I thought we were really disciplined right to the end. I think it's very important that we win this head-to-head over the next two games. So tomorrow we need a performance and a result that's going to try and kickstart our Europa League campaign. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and John Hartson. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! It's three wins on the bounce for Celtic, including yesterday's emphatic Europa League defeat of Ferenc Varos. They're the Premiership's top scorers and their European hopes have been reactivated. Uh, so, John Hudson, what are you thinking Celtic are capable of this season? Have you had a rethink about it based on the last few games, including yesterday? Well, I think that um, they're back to being um, in a better place. They, they won their last three. They've kept a couple of clean sheets. Um, they're scoring goals. They, they've got their they've got their better players back. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were lamenting the fact that um, there were several players missing, key players, the likes of Jota and McGregor, Kyogo in particular. Now we have them players back. Uh, I, I still worry slightly defensively, um, but going forward, it, it looks good. I think Ange will 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 have another window to improve the group. Um, and uh, it was all about can Celtic challenge Rangers this season for me. I thought Rangers started off the season huge favourites on the back of what they did last season, winning the league by 25 points. Uh, Ange came in, didn't have an awful lot to, um, in terms of uh, to work with. He had to go out and almost build and rebuild an, another team. He's brought in some fantastic players and... I just think game by game, I'm not getting carried away, Rob. I I would like to be sitting here saying, well, Celtic have won 10 in a row or 11 in a row league mm. games. And then all of a sudden, we're serious contenders. At, at this minute in time, they're playing well. I think the the whole football club, I think the, the changing room and the training ground will be a nicer place to be at this moment in time because they're winning games. There's a feel-good factor. I think the next three are important. St. Johnson at home, then Hibs away next uh, midweek, next week. And then Livingston, we already lost to Livingston. And then obviously, then we go back to Hungary for the in between the after the international break, we go back to, to, to Budapest to play the second leg of the, uh, the not the second leg, but the second game against yeah. Ferenc Varos. Mm. So the next three or four games will, will tell us a bit more. But over the last two to three games, you can just see with the, with the better players come back. There's, um, you know, there's a there's a big improvement to uh, to the team. Celtic two, Ferenc Varos nil. It was probably two nil going on about um, maybe four or five. It could have been had they taken all their chances. Tomorrow night at Ibrox, it's Rangers like Celtic yesterday, looking for their first group points. Uh, they're in action at eight against a Bronby team who are the reigning Danish champions. 
but currently mid-table, well off the pace. Will Rangers, Barry Ferguson, get their European season kick-started? They need to, Rob. I think it's um, a must-win game if they want to try and progress out the group stages. You just mentioned there, Bromby, they're not in great form. 12 games they've played in the league. They're 13 points off the, the, the top. Um, so if Rangers want to progress, they need to win both games against Bromby and um, the Prague game when Prague come to Ibrook. So for me, they've got to go and put a marker down tomorrow night and make sure they, they get the three points. We're going to be hearing from Stephen Gerrard in the course of the show. He's been having his media conference today looking ahead to that game against Bromby tomorrow night. Eight o'clock kick-off at Ibrox. Connor Goldson's uh, been talking as well. He's been uh, taking questions about how the contract negotiations are going, if indeed they're going at all. And we're obviously looking back on yesterday afternoon. I have to keep reminding myself it was afternoon. I was having to remind myself during the game that it was afternoon and not evening. It was all a little bit confusing yesterday. Uh, But there obviously were a lot of understanding employers around John Hartson because uh, 50,000 inside Celtic Park. Actually, it looked looked more than that, to be honest. there, There weren't too many empty seats to be seen. There was a lot of children waking up with a cold yesterday, knowing <laughs> yeah. that the game was going on uh, during school time. <clears throat> but no, it's, it's like Rangers, Celtic, the global clubs, they've got magnificent support, home and away. And, you know, to get that amount of people, what was it, 50 odd thousand, it looked pretty full to me. There it wasn't does. many spaces, you know, uh, empty. But no, it's a, it's a wonderful crowd on a, on a on a Tuesday afternoon, Harper Street kickoff. People that you think people are in work, they have to take the afternoon off. There was a lot of children there, but it just goes to show how, um, how well supported these clubs are. Yeah, looking back on uh, Celtic, looking forward to the Rangers game, hoping that Rangers can get points on the board as well, because it's been a really disappointing start uh, for both clubs, uh, having taken zero. Uh, from their first two group games. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about Celtic yesterday? How significant was that performance, that result? Uh, And what are you thinking about Rangers? Can they get some points on the board? Three points on the board uh, is what Rangers will be after against Bromby tomorrow night. 0808 17 17 700. That's the number. You know it well. Join the football discussion if you fancy between now and seven. Text go in your message to 87474 on the socials it is at Go Football Show we're also going to be talking about the story which is dominating the TV screen in the studio at the moment Sky Sports News um, are uh, talking long and hard about the job vacancy now at Newcastle United it's not a massive surprise but finally there has been a parting of the ways today between Steve Bruce and Newcastle John Hartson uh, what do you make of it? Well I I thought there was always a, a situation where Steve Bruce was going to be moved on. Uh, I think naturally when new owners come to the club, um, they want to bring in their, their own people. They want to make their own decisions. Steve Bruce is part of the Mike Ashley sort of period and time while Mike Ashley was the owner of the football club. Um, so it's no surprise to me that, that Steve Bruce has, um, has left his position uh, through mutual consent, but obviously they've had a chat I like Steve. I've been in his company many times. He's, you know, he's he's been a, he's had some fantastic jobs in the game. He's been managing an awful long time. You know, over a thousand games. There's not many managers that can say they've done that. Um, and now we look forward to what what happens at at Newcastle because it's a, it's a very if you're a Newcastle fan in particular, it's a very exciting sort of uh, project that that you're about to go into. Um, who do you buy and 
you know, they reckon they have over, what, they haven't told the amount of money to spend in January. Um, they're struggling at the minute in the Premier League. That's the first thing. They've got to try and get out of the situation that they're in to survive. Um, but I would imagine, you know, over the next couple of years, you, you will see Newcastle bring in some some really good players and um, and they'll be challenging within four or five years. But go, just going back to Steve Bruce... Um, that was always happening for me. I think I think Steve would have would have known that himself. Yeah. Um, I would I would have thought he would have had a nice sort of payoff and uh, a handshake. So good luck to him. Good luck to Steve Bruce. He's a nice man. I've been in his company a few times. You always get the two faced attitude, though, don't you? In these sort of situations, you get the people, Barry, who are who are calling for his head because he's not the right man mm-hmm. for the new regime. Um, and then the minute he's gone, it, oh, Steve Bruce, great guy, yeah. local guy, Jory, what a great job he did. Yeah, it's always the same. These same guys, last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, were saying um, different sort of things about Steve Bruce. I, I felt for him he was in a horrible situation, Rob. Um, I watched his interview. I don't know if you watched that. Painful. After, yeah, after this, the, the Tottenham game. I felt for him. He just wanted an answer he just wanted it sorted out um, but listen to get a thousand games and as, as Big John just mentioned there manage at some great clubs Ho- hopefully for me he's not finished with football um, I'm sure he'll want to take a bit of time out because I think some of the flack yeah. he's had over and, the... and his family as well I mean he was saying today yep. I think I think that would be the, the reason that he might not take another job is that he feels there's been a big strain on those who are nearest and dearest to him because it's not just him that gets it it's them as well yeah, I mean he's <laughs> People say you don't take it back into the household, but look, it's hard not to. Um, and I'm sure look, it was affecting him, there's no doubt about it. You've seen it with a number of interviews. I just hope he takes a bit of time out. Um, I know he likes his golf, he goes away to Portugal or something, plays a bit of golf, and in the next two or three months we see him back in the game. Because, look, he is a good manager. I know players who have played under him, respected him, they enjoyed... Um, enjoyed the, the way that he went about his business um, but listen I, I do feel for him but it's a new era for Newcastle um, plenty of money now and it'll be interesting to see who they appoint as a new manager It's Barry Ferguson John Hartson Rob McLean the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre on a Wednesday off the back of Celtic 2 Ferenc Varos nil, and ahead of Rangers against Bromby 8 o'clock Ibrox uh, tomorrow night Stephen Gerrard's been talking today looking ahead to the game talking about Rangers lack of goals he's looking more from his number nine whoever that may be I was asked a question about Alfredo at the weekend it's quite obvious that he's not in his best of form but he's still getting into the right places his all round game's still okay um, and it's only a matter of time uh, before the goals come from Alfredo's point of view he's sitting on 99 so I'm sure he'll be desperate to, to get to 100 but I certainly won't be giving me, me team selection away but it wouldn't surprise me if three of me number nines had involved over the 90 minutes tomorrow Just looking at the goals Barry uh, for Rangers this season Kemar Roof 6 Alfredo Morelos 5 it's 5 and 15 for him uh, Fashion Sakala just one despite scoring against Real Madrid pre-season it's only one in competitive matches so far for Rangers there was a lot of excitement about him hasn't really uh, materialised so far Joe Aribo's got a couple um, would that be a, a really disappointing side of Rangers performances so far this season a lack of goals? Yeah I'm, I'm sure it's something that Steven Gerrard's um, concerned about um, I think if you go back and look at the stats at this time last season um, Morelos was in a lot more goals uh, there was a number of players chipped in with goals um, look Morelos is, is struggling to hit a bit of form just now he looks a bit off it but I do agree with 
Gerard says there, and John will be able to tell us better. At least he's getting in their positions as a striker. That's when you start to worry when they don't get in goal scoring um, positions. So he is getting the opportunities. He's just not putting them away. He looks to me if he's lacking a wee bit of sharpness, bit of fitness. Um, I'm sure that's something that the manager will speak to him about. But listen, it just takes one goal for Morelos and then hopefully he can get back on the trail again. He's set the bar, John, really high for himself, hasn't yeah, he? Because yeah. he's, he's on 99 goals for Rangers at the moment in less, well under a, a 200 appearances. So so it's pretty much a goal every other game from him. I mean, that's a that's a fantastic strike rate. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think, I think most strikers, I always thought, playing for Celtic or Rangers with, with the amount of the ball that you have... Um, with the quality players, you, you're generally playing with another 10 international footballers around you. Um, the opportunities that they create for you with service coming, the ball coming in from wide areas, good midfield players rolling it down the side of you with the right weight. And you can, I always think they should be hitting 20 plus. And if you're not hitting 20 plus in a season, I honestly don't think you're doing your job right uh, with the amount of opportunities that you'll get as a striker. But I wouldn't be overly worried. Um, I think Morelos, 99 goals. He's one away from 100, which will be a nice little milestone from for him personally. Um, and they've got other players as well, like like Kemal Roof and and Haji and Sakala. Sakala's new to the club. It'll mm. take him a bit of time to settle. And as as Barry just said there, you want goals from other areas. How many goals did um, Helander score last season? Or how many goals did? Did goals and score from set yeah. pieces. Yeah. You look at it now for Celtic, for instance, Jota is chipping in with a few goals. Mm-hmm. Abada's arriving on the back stick. Turnbull scoring goals from midfield. Yeah. So you're not just relying on your front men. I think Steven Gerrard would like goals from all different types of areas because that takes the pressure off the front men. And uh, he's sticking with Morelos. So he still obviously believes in him. You don't, I don't think he's left him out. You know, he's, no. he's playing them all the time. And he... He does look a little bit sluggish. I think a year ago, Morelos taps in that opportunity that they had at the weekend against Hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just came across the goal line and he just ambled his way to get there. I think a year or six months ago, he, he'd have just been there. He'd have anticipated, scored that with his eyes closed, you know. So um, I don't think it's a major issue. Uh, and If you're a goal scorer, you, you're always getting the right opportunities. You're just, um, just not quite a little bit off it at the minute. There was a follow-up question as well today for Stephen Gerrard off the back of that question, which was about strikers generally, but obviously about Morelos in particular, um, and about the the facts and the figures of uh, Rangers' top goal scorer this season. Five and fifteen is not enough uh, for me. Um, not just from him. I think we need to score more goals. All our strikers. Um, we're, we're, we're at Rangers here. The chances we're creating, I'd expect. The, the guy who's played the majority of the minutes is a number nine, so I have more than five and 15. So they're stats that we need to improve on moving forward. We have to keep providing the service and the chances for, for Alfredo to get more goals. But if you look at previous number nines and also Alfredo's records in other seasons, it, it has been better than five and 15. So I'm sure Alfredo himself, certainly myself and the coaching staff, in terms of our attacking unit and our number nines, we want to get more goals into them. Five, yeah, five and 15, which under other circumstances wouldn't actually be much of a disaster for a, for a striker, but, but it's what's gone before that by his standards that is low. 
but also the amount of possession that Rangers have, the amount of chances. I mean, 27 chances against Hearts. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I should say 27 attempts on goal against um, Hearts and countless opportunities for the wide areas, cross ball. So they are they are um, setting their chances up. Um, and as I said, the good thing about it, at least he's getting in the areas, I would start to worry if he, was, he wasn't getting in the areas to take the opportunities. I know he's missing the opportunities, but as a striker and John, as I said, I'll tell you better. The main thing is he's getting in there. It just takes a wee slice of luck, one off his backside or something to go into the net and then I'm sure he'll continue to score goals. But for me, Morelos and the Rangers team, Rangers are a far better football team. He's going through a difficult period, as all players do, especially strikers, because the scrutiny is on them to obviously score goals if you're the number nine. But hopefully it'll come and listen, there's no better than tomorrow night against Bromby. Talking right. talking about chance taking, John. Um, what about that goal, that first Celtic goal yesterday? How it's, how was that for it, quality? It, it was special. It was really special. Um, you think about it, the pass from Jota. It's through the eye of a needle. It's the perfect weight. He's kept himself onside, Kyogo, and um, he's he's sort of angled his body where he's let the ball run across him, and his first touch out of his feet is perfect, and um, and then. He's, he's got the decision-making. He makes a great decision to hit it first time. The goalkeeper's un, a bit unsure. He hits it first time on the goalkeeper's near post. And it, it was just clinical. It was it was um, what you call counter-attacking, but at a different level. It was Jota from inside his own half. One ball. It, it, was, it actually started near the corner flag. Yeah. And it, it was just it was just so it was, it was a brilliant goal. And to think that Sandy went in at nil-nil, they, they demanded... Um, sorry, they they played more. They played better football in the first half, although Ferenc Varas had a couple of moments themselves. Mm-hmm. So that was the opening goal that put Celtic one 0 And after that, they just needed that goal to settle, and everybody then wanted the ball. The chances came, uh, but it was that it was that bit of quality that that Kyogo brings out. I've been immensely impressed with him. I really have, and it just showed three or four weeks ago, Rob, when he wasn't in the team. You know, Celtic's results weren't quite there. They were creating chances, but they just didn't have that cutting edge. You know, that that somebody who can who can get you goals. And yeah. just going to go back to Morella. Said the reason why maybe Rangers drew at the weekend, and maybe they've drew a couple of games, lost, not doing as well as they did last season, is because Morelos has been Rangers' go-to man for a couple of seasons now. Yeah, and he's still their go-to man, and he's just having a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a barren spell mm. in front of goal. And that's why the, the reason maybe why Rangers are not hitting the heights that they hit last season. Let's say we're talking only seven or eight games gone. Yeah. But he's Rangers' his go-to man. And and when, you're, when your main man is not scoring goals, the team seems to suffer. I, I take your point, and I take Barry's point as well, that others um, have got to be chipping in. It's not, it's not got to be all about Alfredo Morelos, but, but he, ha- but he, has, you he has built this firm, reputation. Rob, the number nine at the old firm has got to be scoring 20 goals plus with the amount of opportunities that are created mm. and the amount of possession yeah. that both old firm teams have. Um, but going back to Kyogo, that's one of the most difficult techniques, letting the ball come across, taking it first time, and he didn't need to take a second touch. That he made it. Um, but one thing about him, I thought he was quiet yesterday, but mm-hmm. know what I love about him or what I like about him? I'm sure Celtic fans will appreciate this. Seeing he loses the ball, you see him tracking pass, uh, tracking back. He goes back beyond his midfielders when he loses possession yeah. to retain the ball back again. That's one. Uh, that's a great thing to have 
as a centre forward. And the non-stop movement, even when the ball's his not move, coming listen, his, his way. His movement's exceptional. He's um, he's a hard worker. Um, he's a real team player. Uh, but he, look, any young kid watching it, his movement's great. But that that goal from Celtic, that first goal, I know everybody's talking about the ball, and rightly so. Mm. Shot his ball was mm. great, but the first touch was different class. What about that goal? What about Kyogo? What do you think? That was his ninth goal in a Celtic shirt, adding to the 15 he scored in Japan before that. Uh, has that performance from Celtic made you rethink what's going to be possible from Celtic this season? And what about Rangers? Can they get their European campaign kick-started tomorrow night? Will Alfredo Morelos get himself back in among the goals? 0-8-0-8, 17-17-700. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go, go. Yeah, the Go Radio Football Show on uh, Wednesday. I'll be doing the travel for the rest of the show, just in case you're in any doubt. And I was certainly in grave doubt about who was doing it. But it is going to be me uh, for the rest of the show, talking football as well between now and seven. And plenty to talk about as well. Uh, looking ahead to Rangers against Bronby tomorrow night, eight o'clock kickoff at Ibrox. And it could be, Barry, one of those great European nights. Yeah, and it's, for me, um, they need to win the game, Rob, plain and simple. They, when these Europa um, leagues come out, Bronby and Prague were probably the, the two games that they looked and thought, right, do you know what, we could get 12 points for that. They've obviously lost over in Prague, which was disappointing, and now they need to go and win, win the game tomorrow. Look, Bronby are not in great form. They've won three league games out of 12. Yeah. Um, I know they've drew six of them, but it, for me, it's a must-win if Rangers have any aspirations of getting out the, the group stages. And they'll look at what Celtic did yesterday as well, John Rangers. Celtic got off the mark in some, some style yesterday against Ferenc Varas. 2-0 could have been a whole lot yeah. more. And Rangers will want to get up and running because of they what they've done in that Europa League over the last couple of years. Absolutely. I think Steven Gerrard's record in Europe since he's been at the club has been fantastic it really has um, I'm just looking at it John it's his 52nd uh, European game tomorrow night in charge of Rangers um, One twenty-five, drawn 16 well until this season it was lost 8 which was pretty yeah, incredible over that record, number of games yeah. it's now, it's, a, now it's obviously lost 10 and he'll want to be he'll want to hold on to them you know, no losses in Europe you know like he's like he's done but um, similar to what Celtic it's you know Bromby Probably one of the weaker teams out of that particular group. Um, and then Celtic now have the opportunity of going back-to-back. Um, Ferenc Varos home and away. Rangers will be thinking exactly the same. Yeah. Um, you know, size up Bronby tomorrow, see how good they are, you know, with the view to winning the game. And then thinking, well, we could be fairly confident of going over um, to, to Bromby then in two weeks' time and being competitive and, and trying to win that game. So all of a sudden... It goes from losing your first two games. If you go and win your next two, uh, convincingly because you know you 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 feel confident mm. enough about it, you're all of a sudden sitting on six points. Celtic, for instance, if they can go to Ferenc Varos, then they get one of them special European nights at Celtic Park when when Real Betis have to come in a few mm -hmm. weeks' time. So it just puts you back in in the mix. It just changes the complexion, doesn't it? Yeah, it it does. Um, but I'm sure Steve Gerrard's looking for a better performance. He's looking for improvement. He's looking for a step up from the from the draw at the weekend against Hearts. Well, Alan McGregor was so unfortunate. He, he kept Rangers in the game. Mm. Two or three magnificent saves. We watched it today. Me and Craig Moore watched the games in here. And then, unfortunately, he lets one slip through his hands. And 
it was actually Steven Gerrard then who came out and said, look, the team, you know, you had enough chances to win two games. You should have put the game to bed. You've let your goalkeeper down. Yeah. I thought it was a great point. Yeah, and, and it, you know, it, it st- sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't it? Because it's an Alan McGregor mistake and those don't come along very often, Barry. Yeah, but Rob, since he's re-signed back, I, I can't think of another mistake he's made. He, he's been exceptional. Um, won so many points last season for Rangers. Um and it's very unlike him. But as I said, it happens at times. Um but listen, that that'll know that'll know worry Alan McGregor. Um he'll he'll put that to the back of his mind, forget about it. He'd have been back in training on Monday morning, working hard again and that'll not cause any problems tomorrow night. He's a fantastic keeper. He's strong mentally as well, Alan McGregor. So a mistake that that um I'll not affect him one bit. I mentioned that it was uh, Stephen Gerrard's 52nd European game in charge of Rangers uh, tomorrow night. It's also Conor Goldson's 52nd uh, European appearance for Rangers. He has not missed a game. He is just that first name on the on the team sheet. Um, but will he continue to be a Rangers player beyond this season? Because his contract is up in the summer. It's a big talking point. It's been that way for quite some time. Uh, and he wasn't really, when he turned up at the media conference today, he wasn't really able to illuminate us much further. No, I haven't heard anything. To be honest, I haven't really spoke to my agent or spoke to the club recently. So I really couldn't tell you where it's at. But I'm just focused on the club and focused on playing football and making sure this football club wins because, as I said, we've got a massive run of games which starts tomorrow and I need to be at my best and the team needs to be at the best to win those games. Is that concerning, Barry, for Rangers that there's still, there's apparently no progress on that? Well, if Conor Golson's not heard anything, then I would go and chat the manager's door and if he really wants to stay, he can go and find out. I know there was talks at the start of the season um, and obviously they've dropped off the amount of games and international breaks or whatever but he is one player listen again he's, he's similar to a few players at Rangers he's no played at the levels he did last year but for me he's a real important player for Rangers I really like him I think he's grew and mm-hmm. a real good centre back over the last couple of years I thought he was one of the top performers last year and if Rangers want to keep trying to win trophies he is one player that they've got to keep for me and he's been a constant, hasn't he? When that position beside him has changed constantly from the early days when it was Katic, um, we've had Hillander and, and Balogun and all sorts of uh, defensive partners for him. He's been the one who's always been there. Yeah, well, if you look, everybody, everybody's fit. He's always been that one player that the, the manager's picked. He relies on him, he trusts him, obviously. Um, when Tavernier's been out the team, either through injury or um, he's left him out and brought young Nathan Patterson in, He's a captain as well, so that tells me he's a real leader in the dress room and he's really important to Rangers. So it is a concern, it'll be a concern for the Rangers fans because uh, I know they rate him highly. And hopefully, um, over the next month or so, he can get a deal tied because come the 1st of January, he can sign with another club. Do you suspect he wants to go? Um, I, I still think he's at a good age where, look, money, m- money's different up here than it is down in England um, I'm sure he's on a, a decent salary up here if he wants to continue to win trophies for me he's at a massive club he's at a great club so he's better staying here but listen it comes down to the boy does he want to go back down and, and play the English Premier League because I'm sure there's a few clubs looking at him because I think he is good enough to play in the English Premier League um, but for me I would like to see him stay for another season or two 
And this would probably, John, I think he's knocking 30, isn't he? He's maybe 29. Um, he's still know, early. But, he's yeah, still but, young. But this might be his last big move mm-hmm. in, in terms of making money. So so that might be weighing John on his mind. Well, his agent as well, agents play a, a huge role in these things. You know, his agent now will be looking at the situation. He's not signed a new contract with Rangers. His contract runs out in, what, eight or nine months' time. That's mm. all he's got left. January is, what, two or three months away. It's around the corner. From January, he is able to speak to other clubs in terms of joining them next summer. They'll be throwing really good wages at him and his agent will be telling him that. So it's similar situation to Edward and Christie. Exactly the same situation. Big players for Celtic and obviously they've they've cashed in on, on both players basically because um, they're, out, they're out the contract in a year's time. So for me, it's a case of Rangers, if they want Goldson to, to continue um, at the club, he's been a fantastic player for them. Uh, I have to say that. And when you say he's played a lot of games, he'd have played with injuries. So that tells mm-hmm. me he, he's got a good attitude as well. To, yeah. to, comp- to stay in the team and to be a mainstay, mm-hmm. you, you, get, you get over niggles. You play, your manager can trust you. I'll just get through this one. You haven't got to go and do next two or three days. Put your feet up. Because other players would have been injured and gone, you know what, I can't play. I'm, I'm done, I'm injured. Conor Goldson, no doubt, have played all the games he's played, would have played through a little bit of pain at times, which, tell me, which tells me he's a good lad as well. You know, he's a good person to have around the club. And I, 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 I'm, I, would, I would suggest that Rangers will offer him a new contract at some stage, but whether or not... He's thinking nearly 30. My big, big chance to go and go back into the prep. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to look as if I've got my son. I want Goldson to leave. He will do what he wants to do with his agents, by the way. But he's in prime position if he wants to go and fill his boots down south. Yeah, I, I know he's well respected in the dressing room. He's looked upon as one of the, the leaders, as I mentioned before, Rob. Mm-hmm. As I said, he, he is second in line of, of Tavernier's uh, not playing. But the, the problem you've got as well, and John knows us. The championship pays huge salaries as well now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it comes down to that sort of problem. Can Rangers compete with the salaries even in the championship? They can't. It's impossible with the money. It's down south. So the Rangers fans a uh, little bit worried uh, about Conor Goldson and the lack of any news um, about progress on that uh, uh, extended contract if there's going to be one for Conor Goldson at Rangers uh, meanwhile on the other side of the city I think the Celtic fans are beginning to get um, well a little bit excited about Jota and maybe a little bit concerned about his long term future at Celtic because there isn't one at the moment he's on a season long loan from uh, Benfica uh, will Celtic be able to turn that into some sort of permanent arrangement well who knows but certainly top form yesterday he played that laser like pass through uh, for Kyogo to score the first goal against Ferenc Faros yesterday. Here was the gaffer afterwards on the Portuguese winger. Yeah, he was he was great. You know, the, the key with attacking players like him and, and, and the others we've brought in is that they need to invest in, in our football and that is they need to work hard in certain areas and if they do, they'll get the rewards with, with the way we play because we're always going to be a team that wants to attack. We're always going to be a team that tries to play 
into their strengths rather than just sort of knocking long balls and, and asking them to challenge for 50-50s. But to do that, you've got to do the other side of it. And I think he's getting better at that. He's, he's understanding, you know, he, he wants he needs to work hard to put pressure on the opposition. Kiorgo, Liel are the same. Um, so, you know, once these guys understand that, the way we play will give them the opportunities to, to showcase their abilities. And he's a very talented footballer. We knew that before we got him. That's why we brought him in. But I also knew that uh, the football we play would suit him provided he bought into all the other stuff. I think a lot of people early on um, when he arrived at Celtic were probably more concerned about the fact that he looked very much, much like George Michael uh, and he might be some sort of tribute act. Um, but what a player he is turning into for Celtic. I mean, I think 18 times he's played for the Portuguese under-21s, which tells you something about his background. He's, he's only 22 now. Mm. Um, the Celtic fans, I think, are falling in love. It might not be quite the Kyogo level of love affair with, for the Celtic fans, uh, but he's getting there, John, isn't he? Well, his, his performances are, are telling you everything you, you need to know about him. You know, he, he always wants the ball. He puts himself really wide in a position where he's always available. He wants to go forward. He wants to beat a player. If 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 teams are doubling up on him, then he shifts the ball and he puts the cross in. He can go to the byline and almost lift it to the back post. He can smash it across the goal, pick people out. He can score goals. He timing of his runs, the goal at the weekend against um, Motherwell, where Rogic played him through. He made a great run. Um, I think it was... Um, uh, what's the Stephen... The Scotland Motherwell right back Stephen O'Donnell. Stephen O'Donnell. Yes. Sorry, he didn't, behind he, didn't know where, yeah. he didn't know where to go, and he's, yeah. he's he's meant to be a top class right back. I'm not saying he isn't, but Jota totally sort mm. of outdone him at, with his run, just in that blind side of Stephen O'Donnell, and then he finished it off. Then the goalkeeper probably shouldn't get down on his near post, but it's still a good finish. And if I was Celtic, I know they got a little bit of time on their hands because he's contracted to a year. Uh, he's a year mm. on loan. Yeah. I'm not too sure whether Benfica can move the goalposts in terms of wanting more than if it's down on paper and it's in the contract. But Celtic have got time. Let's have a look to see how he continues because a lot a lot of players can come and be outstanding for three or four or five games and then just drop off. And then that tells you a little bit more about the player. But I would look at maybe December, going into January, if he's still showing the form that he's showing, making goals, scoring goals, this type of player that he is, um, you know, I, th I think they're going to have to come up with the money to buy him because he's young, exciting, he's going to go on and play for Portugal, the senior team, you know. So yeah. for me, if he continues in the, in the rich vein of form that he's playing, and there's no rush to do it now, give it another two or three months and then Selig will have to get that checkbook out. And the manager, Ange, this is where, if he's doing well, and they're really they're on top of the league, or they're really close to Rangers, and there's a big decision needed, a big player called for. What a boost that would be if Celtic could go and sign Jota in a couple of months' time. Because yeah. I think he's good enough. I think he's outstanding. Yeah, I, I think you've got to give it another couple of months. See his yeah. levels of consistency. If he continues this, then you know he's a real deal. Because you you know it's like the demands and the expectations put on you at the old firm. Look, there's no doubt he's had a great start. Very direct, dynamic. Um, wide player um, and he works it, it does work hard and it's always a worry when you come for the Portuguese league it's more technical and it's slower you know it's Scottish games like it's 100 mile an hour but he's mm. adapted he's adapted really well and he's added goals to his games so I, I think if he continues this sort of form uh, up to the Christmas period then I think Celtic would be crazy not to go and try and make that signature at £6.5 million 
Yeah, and I suppose the danger is, and we'll maybe talk about this as the show goes on, uh, the interest will be coming from elsewhere as well in terms of his long-term future. It might not, not just be Celtic who fancy him um, as a permanent par- a part of their squad. There will be others who will not be missing uh, the form he has shown in the first few months for Celtic. 2-0 for Ange Postacoglu and his team against Fenerbahce Faros yesterday. Rangers against Bronby tomorrow night. Ibrox, 8 o'clock. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! Well, as goes on Go Radio, the football show with Barry Ferguson, John Hartson and Rob McLean looking back on Celtic 2, Ferenc Varos 0 and looking forward, of course, to Ibrox tomorrow night and Rangers against Bromby. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, Leicester, uh, haven't just kicked off today. They've actually finished their game in the uh, Europa League. It is Group C and they've won 4-3, John, uh, against Spartak Moscow uh, in Russia. And, uh, That's a good result, bro. They were Dak, Daka has scored all four goals for oh, them. Well, they were 2-1 down at half-time as well. Yeah, they were indeed. Yep. Yeah, so that's a great uh, comeback for them. Uh, a real turnaround, Barry. Four-three win for Leicester in Moscow. Yeah, the, listen, I, I've I've played in Russia a couple of times. I know how difficult a place it is to go and, and get results. So I mean, that's a that's a great result. Being two-one down to come back and win four-three um, in any sort of European games a great result. They put Oligan and Solskjaer under more pressure at the weekend as well. They they, yeah. they beat Man United four-two. We've got a game on in the studio, on the on the screens in the studio, because uh, one that's just kicked off is uh, Barcelona against Dinamo Kiev. So, Barry, it's I'm going off. I'm <laughs> exactly the minute <laughs> the minute I said it, the screens went went black. I, I, I get a few nightmares looking at the, the new camp. I remember playing there, and we went two 0 down after I think it was eleven or twelve minutes. Right. And you're looking at the clock, thinking there's 77, 78 minutes <laughs> left here, um, and somehow we managed to get out of here a 2-0 loss um, but great stadium to play in I mean, that, they were a, a top team um, back then so many players they had What about the man who used to star there he starred there for so long of yeah. course uh, last night his little Panenka penalty Leo yeah. Messi for uh, for PSG last night John Well he's on two goals and he lets Mbappé take the penalty didn't yeah. he so show Would you have done that? <laughs> maybe I'm Mbappé maybe I don't, I don't think so but well I just think as well, he, he he loves scoring goals in Europe. I think that record with Ronaldo, who's got the most hat-tricks, who's got the most Champions League goals, this, that and the other. But it just goes to show, I probably would have wanted to go and get my hat-trick, if mm. I'm being honest. But it just goes to show the guy is just so humble as well. Mm. you know. And we're watching Barcelona there, and I just said to the producer, James, who just stuck it on the telly, I said, I struggle to watch Barcelona without Messi playing. I'm so used to it's Messi the same. being there, yeah. you know, with the Barcelona shirt on. I still can't yeah. get my head around it. Yeah. Same way Xavi and Iniesta. That yeah. was the Barcelona yeah. that mm. you, you watched. Yep. Sitter, wasn't it? They were just unbelievable players, but certainly yeah. Messi, that, he was Mr. Barcelona. It, it just yeah. doesn't, it, it's just not the same. Right, yeah. it, was, it was 74 minutes last night. It was 2-2 against Leipzig. Barcelona, uh, PSG had been behind in the game. 2-2 and he steps up. And it's a Panenka penalty for, from Lionel Messi. Some bottle. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Great bottle. A couple of great results um, for the for the English teams last night. John, uh, an amazing scoreline. I just caught the end when I got back from Celtic Park. Just caught the second half of it in Belgium. Bruges losing five one. Manchester City on fire. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're a top team, aren't they, Man City? Um, and Sterling as well. They're on about Sterling being allowed to leave the club. I, I, I saw something today that they've set a price of £67 million for Raheem Sterling. Somebody comes in with that figure. Um, he, he's available. That's what that's what I've read. I, I don't know if you read too much into what you read in the in the press. But um, a player like him can't mm. get in the team. Yeah. And how how good was he in the Euros for England in the in the summer? And how good has he been at Man City over the years? You know, he's improved his goal scoring. He's been a huge player for them. And when someone like him can't get in the team because he's because the team is so strong, mm. then then you're thinking, well, and they just want that. They want that Champions League, don't they? You know, mm. lost to Chelsea last season. In the Champions League final, um, that, that's the holy grail for them, because they'll keep on challenging, they'll keep on winning Premier Leagues. But the Guardiola there, that's what they really want. You know, they have the um, the Dubai owner Sheikh Sheikh Mohammed Sheikh um, Maktoum and all these guys involved. They've got serious amounts of money, but it's it's the Champions League. That, that's what they're looking for. That's what they want. Robert, this shows you how good the result is. PSG went there and drew yeah. at Bruges. And Bruges, 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 Bruges beat Leipzig. Leipzig. Yeah, yeah, one in Germany. There. Yeah, yep. so that's, right. that's a brilliant result. This shows you um, when Man, Man City hit form and the players are on it, they're a top, top team. Getting in that team's a challenge, isn't it? Look at Phil Foden. Look how impressive he was he, last night. And, I, and, and he can't get into the England team at times as well. Yeah, I don't know what John thinks. Phil Foden, I, I could watch him 24-7. I just think he's a an unbelievable player. Um and Pep Guardiola worked him brilliantly. Remember, every, there was a big clamour for him to get playing a, a season or so ago. He brought him in for a game, took him out for a couple. He's just managed him perfectly. And now, for me, he's up there with De Bruyne as Man City's most important player. What a result for Liverpool last night. What a game that was as well. Um, in Madrid against Atletico. Uh, Liverpool two up early on. Uh, brilliant football from Atletico to get back into it at 2-2 yeah. there was Griezmann the, there was the, the red the two goals and then a red card for, right. for yeah. Griezmann yeah. Mans, uh, Liverpool went ahead again and then there was a, a penalty given to Atletico and then it was uh, quashed by VAR that ref was a brave man in, that, in that stadium in Madrid turning around that decision the the game was in uh, Madrid as well yeah but Liverpool showed character sometimes when you go two up and then you get pegged back it's, it's difficult it knocks the wind out of you as a team but to go and get a third go and get the winner um, typical Liverpool they'll be right up there again this season the front three Firmino Mane and Salah they don't know about Salah being the best player on the planet right now with with his with the form that he's in goals that he's scoring you know him and Mane and they've been doing it for a number of years now Rob mm. you know Van Dijk is, is back as well Virgil Van Dijk he gives them so much defensively although was he at fault for yeah, one of the goals yeah, yeah he absolutely lost I, th- I think he's just edging back to where he was. I mean, he, yeah. and he'd gone. We were talking earlier on about setting a high bar for yourself. Well, he certainly has done. He has. And, and I think he, he he needs more and more game time, doesn't he? Because there are little mistakes here and there, which when he when he was flying, uh, there, there were no flaws at all. No, he, uh, top players make the make the the least mistakes. That, that's what makes them so good because they do everything right. They make the better decisions. They, you know, they're, they're on the front foot. They they get there quicker. They anticipate better. This is what makes them so good. That makes them step above ordinary players, you know, and Virgil van Dijk is one of them. But, um, you know, Liverpool have been... What what I've been impressed with with Liverpool is that they've been sitting there now for a good two or three years. Consistency, they've won the Premier League, won the Champions League. Um, 
and they won the Club World Cup and they're still there or there. They'll still challenge. Yeah, it, it was real football theatre, wasn't it, last night with uh, Simeone? I, I think of the 90 minutes, he maybe spent three of them in the technical area uh, because he was just, uh, he was yeah. marauding all over the place. And then, of course, sprinting down the tunnel at the end because, as Jurgen Klopp put it afterwards, he be, he was angry about the game. He was angry with the world. <laughs> yeah, he must be absolutely shattered after games. Yeah. Simeone, you, you watch him at the sidelines, he's always on it. He's, he's players, he, he's non stop for the 90 odd minutes. Um, but go. Going on Liverpool, I mean, Van Dijk makes a mistake. It's highlighted because he never makes mistakes. A bit like Alan McGregor making yep, a mistake. Exactly, here. he's that good. And people forget he was out for nine months with a, with a serious injury. Um, it does take a bit of game time to get back to your best. But for me, Mo Salah's got to be one of the, the best players in the world at this moment in time. Some of the goals that he scored over the last month or so, Rob. I mean, that, that one at Watford, I think there was four or five players round about him. And he manages to dink in between them all and a, a great finish but he's he's a top top player it's crazy Chelsea let him go over to Italy to play at Roma and obviously Liverpool go and sign him for, for big money he's for me one of the, the best players if not the best player on form just now in the world Champion, Champions League John it's just the it's the gift that keeps on giving isn't it I mean it's it just it's, it is quality well, it's, quality it's, stuff it's the, it's the biggest and best club competition in world football isn't it the, the only other one is the World Cup where you represent your country um, in terms of trophies and, um, you know, in terms of prestige of winning that. Tour. Every player wants to win. I never got near it. I played in a couple of finals, you know, Super Cup final, Cup Winners Cup final. We lost in the UEFA Cup final against Porto, Jose Mourinho's Porto. But the Champions League is the is the elite. You know, you can't go any higher as a footballer. Every footballer worth his salt would want the Champions League. This is why... De Bruyne and Foden. It'd be a shame if these guys went through their career not winning the Champions League, but since they're young enough, they still get some more finals, I'm sure. The Scottish clubs, uh, Rangers and Celtic, uh, would love to be there, would want to be there. I think that was a bit. I think that was big on Steven Gerrard in particular. His wish list uh, for this season, Barry. Yeah, I mean when they, they drew Malmo, Rob, if I'm being honest again, I'm not being disrespectful to Malmo, but Malmo are a team that Rangers should be beaten in my eyes. Um, I know they've got good players but they're not a top team um, but look I, I was lucky enough to play in the Champions League John was the same I mean, in the group stages that tune comes on when you're lining up before the, the kick-off it's uh, here's in the back of the neck stuff it's it's an unbelievable competition um, to play because you come up against the best players the best team the best managers uh, but Rangers I thought missed, missed a chance this season it's the Europa League for Rangers and Celtic. Uh, Ange Postacoglu's team, 2-0 winners against Fenerbahce Faros yesterday. For Steven Gerrard and Rangers, it's Bronby at Ibrox tomorrow night. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With Taxi Trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options, and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Football show with the taxicenter.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! go, go.
Yeah, let's hope Rangers and Celtic are both kick-starting their European campaigns. Rangers-Bronby tomorrow night, 8 o'clock at Ibrox. Should be some atmosphere, and it was certainly some atmosphere at Celtic Park uh, yesterday afternoon as uh, Celtic got their first points on the board in Group G of the Europa League with that uh, 2-0 win against Ferenc Varos. I think, yeah, well-deserved for sure. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think we uh, controlled the game really well right from the start. Um, now they're a good team. Uh, they showed it against Leverkusen and Batiste. Yeah, I thought we controlled the first half well. They had to work really hard to sort of stifle us a little bit, but we still created some chances, didn't, that, you know, denied them any opportunities. And then uh, we kind of knew second half they'll tire a little bit because they were working so hard and game opened up. We, you know, we got a really good goal and... You know, I thought after that, you know, we probably could have had a couple more. And credit to the players, they uh, they stuck to their task and, and I thought we were really disciplined right to the end. Clearly, there are still improvements to be made. Clearly, uh, Celtic will hope to be a whole lot better after the January transfer window. Uh, but for me, John Hartson, that was a really encouraging performance yesterday because it was 2-0 going on, uh, three or four, surely. It was, it was an emphatic win. I know Ferenc Varos aren't world beaters, but they're a tidy European team. So that was some performance yeah. from Celtic. It's one of them, Rob, that if you win convincingly like Celtic did, people go, oh, they're no big shakes. I said it. I, I said mm. it myself. I didn't. I, I thought I actually had a feeling that Celtic would win and win comfortable if they went about it like um, like they have in the previous two games. Uh, but for me, um, it's just a case of they're improving week by week. I don't think we sh- Celtic fans should be getting carried away. Yes, you can be happy with the current form, absolutely. I think every Celtic fan is. It is coming together, slowly. The better players are back, you know, the, from injuries and, and the scoring goals and making a lot of goals. But it's one of them, if you win convincingly, ah, well, Ferenc Varas will, will bang average. But if you don't go about it, if you, don't, if you play poorly and defend poorly, you become unstuck. You, you, could, you, you could lose these games if you don't start in the right way. Um, but in the end, it was a it was a really really comfortable win. We we could afford to miss a penalty. We could afford to you know to be a little bit sloppy in front of goal. We won two 0 but genuinely could have been six or seven. Celtic two, Ferenc Varos nil tomorrow night. Rangers against Bromby eight o'clock at Ibrox. John Hartson, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre, and Gordon is with us. Hi, Gordon. Hi guys, how you doing? Hi, Gordon. All well, thanks. How are you? Aye, not too bad, mate. Getting nerves. Just uh, bear with me. I've got a bit of, bit of sore throat. So, uh, sometimes I Have you been singing or shouting? Or? No, I've got COVID. <laughs> oh, right, OK. <laughs> so no, but I'm, I'm doing a lot better now. So. Good. Well, get well. Look after yourself. What would you like to say, Gordon? No, I was just... Um, uh, made a point to Barry. Um, it was just to say... I, I watched uh, the press conferences fairly on and I kind of thought... Gerald looked quite relaxed in that. Um, he doesn't seem as worried as maybe I would the other folk are. I watched his, I've watched his obviously every game this season. Um, I do think we will eventually spark into life. Um, I think maybe the, in my eyes, I think the problem is we've not a consistent team. In last season, as much as we didn't have a consistent team, we, we did have a consistent team, but it was a kind of Whenever we had an injury, which we did, we had, it was a light-for-light light basis. It was one-in, one-out all the time. Everybody knew their, knew their job. This time around, it's been a wee bit more. There's been a lot more kind of injuries, COVID and such like. We've been a lot more unsettled. You know, and obviously, you've got your contract talks, who's staying, who's going, blah, blah, blah. But 
I think, and I keep saying it, but I genuinely think we're all just one game away for that spot that is hitting form. I think Morelos is only one goal away for firing into life and putting teams to the sword the way he usually does. I think just once we click, I really do think we'll, we'll boost on. But um, I, I think the main thing is, to me, Gerard looked quite laid back today. He seemed to be kind of laughing and joking about it. And he sees, he's saying he sees enough in training to be confident enough that we're going to kick on and do well. And I just wanted to ask Barry, do you, do you still see it in the team? Do you think we're still going to go on? No day is what we did last season. I don't think we were ever going to repeat what we did last season. But do you still, do you have confidence that we'll go on and kick on and um, put in a lot of good performances and maybe shoot away in the league? Well, in, in terms of the game on Saturday, I watched the full game on Sunday, obviously recorded it because I was, I was playing Gordon. And see the first 45 minutes? I thought Rangers were, were excellent. I've got to be honest I with you. I thought, yeah, I, that's the best. That's the closest, should I say, that Rangers have been to the form they had last season. Um, second half, it, they kind of tailed off a wee bit, but I thought Hearts got their back up because I think Hearts went in at half time thinking, wow, we're only one nothing down here. Um, so they, they take a bit of confidence for that. But I certainly seen signs in the game on Saturday that, that Rangers ain't far away from. For playing the way they did last season, no doubt in my mind about it. Um, I thought Lundstrom, I don't know if you watched the game, Gordon, I thought he was excellent. You're starting now to see signs that the reason why Stephen Gerrard um, was on on his tail for about six to 12 months trying to sign him, I thought he was excellent. He showed signs um, of being a top player. But for me, I don't think Rangers are far away. I just think it's going to take one of these games and hopefully it comes tomorrow night that they go and they, they finish um, off with scoring two or three goals. But for me, they ain't far away. Stephen Gerrard was asked today at that media conference that you were listening into or watching into uh, Gordon earlier on. He was asked whether the fact that the Premiership is much more competitive at the moment, uh, whether that helps Rangers get themselves up to get their European campaign going? I just think we were we were dealt a, a difficult group. I think Leon have started the group, as everyone would have imagined, really strong favourites. I think we've seen that uh, at Ibrox. Uh, our second game w- was really close, but unfortunately, we lost the boxes. Unfortunately, we couldn't defend our box well enough uh, from, from a set play. So uh, we were punished in that game as well. I don't think uh, the domestic forms had any, result, any impact on them to results. Um, but I do agree with the part of your question that it is more competitive from a domestic point of view. I think Hart and Hibs have started the, the season ever so well. I think Dundee have obviously emerged the last three, four games with their form. We certainly welcome uh, that competition. Positive thing for me is I still, still think we've got levels and gears to go into and we're still sitting in a nice place. So um, I do expect our form and our level and our rhythm to change as we go along. And Gordon, you're obviously detecting a, a, a confidence in the, in Stephen Gerrard's delivery there um, about Rangers beginning to to find those levels that Barry was talking about, levels of performance. I definitely, as I, as I was saying, it's just um, there's a kind of difference. I don't know uh, if you remember a few weeks back. Um, I think uh, I, I think it was Andrew McLean or something had said to him. At the presser, they said to him, um, what, what is it that's kind of lacking for Rangers? Um, where's the, the spark that's missing? Yeah. And he kind of boy up at him, he had a right <laughs> pop at him. And for some reason, it was, it was a very, very, um, it was a, it was a very good question. It was it was the same question everybody was asking. And I don't know if he was maybe kind of in a bad mood at the time, but it was, it was a very valid question. He maybe and struck then, a raw nerve, eh? I definitely. But, and, 
as for the day, he kind of got answered. No, some more question, but he was getting asked about his um, goal scorers, no finding the net and blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, I'm, do you want to know the team? He was kind of having a laugh about it. And he says he'd probably see the three number nines tomorrow. So yeah. he's talking about Ruth Morelos and Sakala. If they all see um, some of the game tomorrow. But I genuinely think, as Barry was saying, with John Lundstrom, I think he's going to become such an important player for us. Very much the way Barry was for us. And see, to be honest, I, I was one of the ones slating him at the start of the season because he had a brilliant game against Real Madrid. Obviously, it's a pre-season friendly, but he had a really good game, but then he really struggled. His first two or three games, and I can remember the pre-season friendly against uh, was at Preston. He was awful, and then the first cut, he just really struggled. He looked very lazy. He lost his runner for the goal against Dundee United, the game they beat us, and I was thinking to myself, he just doesn't look up for it. Then all of a sudden, a few games in, he's finding his feet, and he looks really reliable. He looks as if he can control a game, and He's played. He's. he's I'd, I'd play him before Stephen Davis now, and that's saying a lot considering what Stephen Davis brought to the team last season. And I'm just hoping the likes of him putting up form, the confidence, and I think we. Uh, I, I think Morelos just needs to get over that 100 goal mark, and I think his confidence will come back. I think he'll just start once he gets one goal. I think he'll start banging him in, and I'm just hoping that's what Gerard. Gerard's obviously seen that in the training ground, and as Barry says on Saturday, we played some really, really good football. And it was just one of the ones he knew as the chances kept getting missed and missed. You kind of worried that was going to happen in the last minute. But it was we, that's the way we played last season. As Barry says, we were finishing the, the games off. We were scoring goals. We were scoring four, five, six, seven, eight goals per game. And that's just what we need to do. We just need to start putting our chances away again. I think we'll find the confidence and I think it'll all click back together for us again. Gordon, are you, are you worried about Sardik's form? <laughs> well... I'm not. I don't really tend to to worry much about Celtic, John. Um, don't get me wrong. I watched their games. I watched their game last night. I think they've been playing well. And I said to my pals in my group chat, Celtic are very, very, very good going forward. Very good, but they are extremely open at the back. And a good team punishes them, and a good team will always punish them at the back. And but it's, it's the same with us. We we can be very good going forward, and it's same very delicate at the back. And I think is Celtic will get better and better. Obviously, they're they're they're, they're going through a rebuild. They're going through a, a reconstruction. They're, they're still to find their best eleven. They're still to gel together. But we've still to find our best form as well. So I think it's going to be an exciting season. I think it'll get down to the wire this season. I don't think it'll be as cut and dry as it was last season. But no. we've missed that. We've not had that for the ten mm-hmm. years now. I, I think also also um, Gordon just replaying just. Um, Going back to what you said at the start, when you first came on, in terms of a, a settled team, you know the, the 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 fact that Stevie's had to make a couple of changes, um, uh-huh. everything else, Lundstrom coming in, um, changing the front line. Although although Morelos has has been one of the mainstays, and it's like everything else, but Barry's managing. It's like if you've got a team that can you you can be um, committed to and consistent with, with no injuries, you're winning. You don't have to change the team. You know, you're not thinking about yeah. different formations and, and different personnel. Every manager wants that. But sometimes, unfortunately, you get a few injuries, you get a bit of a bad form, and they tend to change it. Because for me, you know, I can remember playing against Rangers. That Rangers team never changed. They used ah. 13, 14 players when I was playing up here. It'd be, it'd be Barry, 
it, it would be alongside you. The likes of Ronald De Boer would play through the middle. Your back four wouldn't change. It'd, it'd be it'd be Newman. The goalkeeper wouldn't change. It was like us under the Martin O'Neill days. Yeah. If if you were fit, you played. Everybody knew if they were fit, they knew the strongest team, and and that's fantastic if you've got that option to play the same team. So maybe that's affected. Um, Steve Rangers' form as well, the fact that you've not had that settled 11 where you can be consistent in terms of picking a team. What about, what about the great thing is as well, they're not playing at the top of their game, they're still top of the league. Yeah. They're still a point ahead of Hearts. And I look, Ryan Kent's been out injured for the last four or five weeks, he's mm. still to come back. I think another massive player for Rangers is Ryan Jack, who's back training and hopefully he'll be back in 10 days. He's left Devo out. I know Gordon says he would rather play Lundstrom, but for me... Stephen Davis, it's great that you can go and give him a bit of respite because he's away international playing. And remember, Roof was away playing as well. He never arrived back to, to Friday night. So there is still some important players to come and back they've been in. Miss, missing Philip Hollander for a while and as Philip well. Philip Hollander, there's another one, yeah. um, Rob. Uh, so the, the, the great thing, and I'm sure quietly Stephen Gerrard will be thinking to himself, right, we ain't playing great. But you know what? The main thing is we're still top of the league. So yeah. we need if we get back to that forum mm. that we, we know we can get back at, then hopefully we can now go away for the, the teams that are chasing us. What about Gordon's tribute to John Lundstrom? We mentioned him in the same breath as Barry Ferguson there. Yeah, I, listen, yeah. I, I, Lundstrom, I, quite a lot of my mates uh, were, were speaking to me about, thinking, why, why was he chasing him for six months? How was he desperate for him? Now, I watched a lot of Lundstrom because of John Fleck, obviously mm-hmm. being at Sheffield United. I seen what Lundstrom could bring. Um, I thought he was a real good player for Sheffield United. And John will tell you, when you come from down there and you come up here, it's a different ball game. The demands and the pressures that are put on you are totally different than what he's had before at Sheffield United. So it's took him a wee bit of time. I think over the last two or three weeks, take international breakaway, you could see a player coming. And I thought the first 45 minutes especially against Hearts, he was the best player in the park for me. And John, we heard what Gordon said there about Lundstrom. I mean, you know, apart from the fact he was mentioned in the same breath as Barry, he also, Gordon was saying he would start him ahead of Stephen Davis. I mean, that's that's some tribute to where he's got to in terms of performance. Well, yeah, and uh, Gordon watches Rangers every week. He, he watches them, you know, he keeps a close eye on them. And, you know, and, and that's big praise for Lundstrom. And he's playing well. He, he's, he's settling in, as Barry said. Um, he plays that position really, really well. He's very disciplined. Um, and, you know, Stephen Davis, to say in front of Stephen Davis, who's been a, a fantastic player over the years and still playing exceptionally well. He makes the game look so easy, does, does Stephen Davis. Keeps the ball, doesn't really hit it 40, 50 yards. He gets in, he, he closes down, he, he, um, he covers the space. And just plays with his brain, you know. He's got a fantastic football brain. Makes the game look very easy. Really good footballer. What about tomorrow night, Gordon? Um, are you confident that Rangers will get this European season kick-started? Get some points on the board? <laughs> well, I've been on the phone to you a few times, and I've said uh, every time I've been on the phone to Barry, so I'm not going to make a prediction this time because I said to Barry before Malmo, we can beat MD at him. We can beat MD in Europe. Just every time I've said it, we just we just don't seem to have done it yet. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna say I, I, I think of course we've got it in us, but I mean Bronby are going to be a decent team. I can't say I've seen much of them. I can't pretend to know too much about them or what level they're at. However, I know the level that we faced before, and I know we faced a lot better and we've beaten a lot bigger and better. So 
I just hope that we can just get our heads together tomorrow and just get the three points. The, the first three points are vital, especially we've got to win our home games if we've if we got any hopes of progressing through this group. Even even getting into, even if we had to finish third to get into the conference league, we've got to win the more. Three, po- three points is a must. And I think you heard Stephen Gerrard earlier, he says he's quite happy for Andy to describe it as a must-win game because he knows himself and the players will know within themselves. Connor Goldson said it in his press conference day, it is a must-win. So I think we've got to get there the more and we've got to get the three points. And what Rangers have done very effectively in the last year or two, especially last season, of course, Barry, was was to put domestic and European football together and, and the games bounce off each other and they actually seem to improve, you know, That's game, what I g- yeah, game on game. <laughs> yeah, that'll be something... Yep, that'll be something that Stephen Gerrard will, will be thinking about. Obviously, two defeats. Look, take Leon aside. I think Leon are a, a, a different level. Um, they, they're a, for me a Champions League team. But you're quite right. Last season, they brought the Europa League form into domestic form, and that's something that tomorrow night, see if they go out, hit the ground running, get a good win, then they can carry that on into the weekend against St Murn, which is going to be a difficult game when you go away to St Murn as well so see this double header against Bromby for me it's a must six points Gordon I'm not going to ask you for a prediction because you're murdered at them to be perfectly no, honest no definitely <laughs> but let's hope, hope for the best tomorrow night and hope for the best for you get well soon as well thank you very much cheers Gordon all cheers, the best cheers the Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you let's go go it's Wednesday on the Go Radio Football Show. In between games in the Europa League last, uh, uh, I was going to say last night, I really must stop that. Uh, yesterday afternoon, it was Celtic 2, uh, Ferenc Varos 0. And tomorrow night, it is Rangers against Bronby. Uh, Celtic going in front yesterday with a goal that was right out of the top draw, created by Jota and finished by Kyogo. He worked really hard, and, and that's part of the process. You know, you're not going to you're playing against good teams that aren't going to give you the space. And I thought in the first half he was working really hard, both defensively and making runs. We couldn't get it through to him because the space wasn't there. But that's part of the beauty of it. You just got to keep going, and um, you know he's always a threat. And I thought it was a brilliant goal. You know, we played ourselves out of a tight area, which is what we like to do. And then just the individual brilliance of Jota with the, with the ball. And, and you see what Kyogo's like in full flight. Take that ball and, and put it away. He's, um, he, he'll get better as, you know, as he gets more accustomed to, to life here in football here. But he's, uh, yeah, you know, I was really pleased for him that he got the rewards for hard work. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Uh, talking Celtic 2, Ferenc Varos nil. And I think for Kyogo, John, that was nine goals in 13 appearances. He's off to some start, isn't he's he? He's been a great signing. He really has. Uh, he's hit the ground running. He's scored goals. He's scored really good goals. Um, fantastic movement. And that three, Jota, Abada with Kyogo through the middle, it looks a real threat. Um, they're creating... Um, they're working hard, as he said. And what I like about Ange Postacoglu is he, he never gets too excited. He never gets too... He doesn't ca- shout from the rooftops, does he? doesn't get carried away. And he just said there, again, it's, it's about it's about the process. Um, he's looking for almost, you know, immaculate performances. He wants the team to work ever so hard. He wants to he wants to outscore the opposition um, in terms of going forward. Um he talks about the transitions in terms of Celtic getting it back and then hitting the opposite 
hitting the opposition on the counter, uh, being quick, being good energy levels, pressing high. He always talks about players' work rates and fitness levels and the process. And to me, that sounds like he knows that Celtic need to do a bit more. In the, he needs, he wants another window. He's not getting carried away with three wins. He knows he's happy, but he's not. He's not. You know, um, he's staying very humble, yeah. very grounded, and he knows his team have an awful lot of work to do still. You know, to try and and to challenge for the league title. Um, and it's just about staying in good form, winning games, being consistent. And then that process, and when that process comes together, Celtic are more than capable of, of beating any team. Will we talk to Terry? Absolutely. Let's talk to Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Rob. Hi, John. Hiya, Hi, Terry. How are you doing? You all, you all well? Uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I've actually got a wee bit of a sore throat, but I've not got COVID. Right, OK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to be more careful in um, what I say when somebody says they've got a sore throat. Anyway, um, <laughs> what, what would you like to say, Terry? Well... My my points about the obviously all the forwards usually get all the praise, but my points about Joe Hart, I just think uh, he's making the simple saves that you would expect for a goalkeeper. He's making better saves that you don't expect, and I just think he's brought a right good bit of stability and confidence to the defence now. And I think he's been a right good signing there. Uh, I think at the beginning of the season, can I, I think it was Mark Greedy I was speaking to, and he kind of alluded to the maybe they should have been out laying maybe eight million for a. For a a younger goalkeeper, etc. But I just think you can't buy that kind of experience. I realise they've all made mistakes over the course of a season, but I just think he's been he's a good communicator as well. Yeah. So I just think he's brought a lot to the club. He really has. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's probably a vital component, isn't he? When when you look at that defence, and it is a work in progress, John, isn't it? And there was that big moment yesterday when he bailed out Carl Starfelt late on when he, when he made a mistake and uh, Hart made a really good save. Yeah, and and Joe Hart comes to the club with he's a Premier League winner. He's played in um, he's played in Italy. He's played down in the Premier League with on loan at Spurs. Played a few Euro, Euro, European games for them last season. But he comes in and he's he's probably really loving the fact that he's still at a big club, still playing in Europe, still playing in front of big crowds, and he has an awful lot to offer. He's still a very very good goalkeeper, former England goalkeeper. You know he's. And and some of the saves he's made already. Barry, I know Barry. I've heard Barry speak about him before. Um, you know, for me, he makes crucial saves at the right times. Um, yep. And what 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 goalkeeper doesn't make mistakes? You know, one of the best in Scotland, Alan McGregor, made one at the weekend. Mm. You know, when you're when you're a goalkeeper, you're the last man. It's okay for defenders and forwards to give the ball away, and all right, not so much defenders, but you've still got the goalkeeper that can possibly make a save for you. When you make a mistake as a goalkeeper, it ultimately leads to a goal. But uh, in terms of his signing, he'll be brilliant for the for the younger two goalkeepers, uh, Barkas and Bain. You know that that are still at the club, and um, great experience. And he's made some big saves already this yes. season. So he's not just come for the ride. No, you know, and wages. He signed a three-year contract. And he wants to win things. And the, the way he's going, he, he can certainly help Celtic do that. And maybe the most important thing he brings, Barry, is that organisational ability from the penalty box for the guys in front of him. Yep, Rob, I said that when the news was breaking that he was in talks. I, I played with Joe 10 years ago at Birmingham. Um, when he was, we brought him from Man City on loan. And you could see the first day he walked in and he trained that he was going to be a top-class goalkeeper. Uh, goalkeeper. And he, he proved that. 75 England caps, won leagues at Man City. Mm. 
and then obviously it went a bit pear shaped. Um, but what what Joe Hart brings you is that he's a communicator, he organises, but what he has, he's a presence in the goal. He's a big boy, um, and he's a he's he's a top guy as well. Round about that dressing room, he'll be respected. Um, and as I said, he, he he's a real leader uh, of men. And I said a lot of people were questioning would it be a good signing. I knew it would be a good signing. You don't lose the ability. Um, the only thing that's went a bit pear-shaped for Joe over the last three years or so, he's not played a lot of football. He was at Burnley, never played. Um, went down to Tottenham, never played. And he's come up here. And he's not come up here for the money because he could have stayed at Tottenham and yeah. earned probably treble what he's, what he's earning mm -hmm. at, at Celtic. So, look, I, I know if he, um, I, I know what Celtic got and what Celtic got was a top goalkeeper. And he's looking at a really important signing at the moment and um, a couple of clean sheets back to back. Although Ange Postecoglou doesn't really like speaking so much about clean sheets. Let's just have a quick listen to him on the back of the Ferenc Varos game. What he likes to speak about is good defending. Yeah, I've said before, it's not, it's, to me, it's not about clean sheets. It's how we defend because you can keep a clean sheet when the opposition you know, have a bag load of chances and Leverkusen kept a clean sheet against us, but I don't think it was because of good defending because it was an outstanding goalkeeping display. I thought we defended really well today as a team. I thought we worked really hard. Our strikers, our three front boys worked hard. Our midfielders made sure that they didn't have too many, too much access through the centre of the park. And then our, our back four and Joe were, were really solid when they needed. A couple of key moments, Tony Ralston's interception was crucial and, and Joe made one really good save, I thought. so. But overall, I thought our defending as a team was... Was good. I thought it was good against uh, Motherwell as well. And when you get clean sheets that way, then it is pleasing. But it's it's more pleasing that we got it defending well rather than just because we got a clean sheet. I like the way Terry he differentiates between clean sheets and and defending because as he says, clean sheets can have a lot of luck attached to them. But what he wants is is good defending, better defending. Are you feeling happier at all about the the Celtic backline? Well, it's not just the backline, Rob. It's uh, I mean last night. Somebody quit asked about Bukowogo. I think it was on earlier there, but he, he wasn't in the game much. But to what I was watching at the game, uh, I mean, his movement was, he was still pressing players. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were defending for like, the front. As you say, we're defending as a team. Like He was tucking in. And as I say, I, I thought as a team, we were switched on last night. So I, as I say, I'm not getting carried away. We've still got, we are really a work in progress. We just mm -hmm. keep taking each game at a time. But Maybe we maybe got a wee bit more steel in that midfield, I don't know. Maybe it's just to add a wee bit of muscle, I'd be a wee bit more happier. But as I say, we just need to keep ticking away and taking, I know, cliche, take each game at a time. Yeah, Talk, talking about Kyogo brings me back uh, to an incident in the game. I think I think it was him, wasn't it? And he was doing exactly what you were saying, Terry. He was working back, maybe having lost the yep. ball, trying to win it back. And then it, uh, Sammy May, the the defense, the Ferenc Varus defender, had a little kick at him. Why was that not a red yep. card, John? Well, you tell me, Rob. Uh, I thought uh, I thought Chris Sutton said it in in commentary. Me and Paul Lambert were both in the studio working for BT. We actually thought it as well. Listen, it it wasn't a stamp. It wasn't really really physical. But the the you know the law, the letter of the law is if you kick somebody or you you lash out in any way, it's a red card. And it was a red card. I don't it, know, do, it doesn't say how hard you've got to kick him, no, does it? No, it doesn't. But the referee is is standing in the, in the perfect position to see it. And for me, you know, he just ignores it. It should have been a red card. But going back to uh, what you're saying, Terry's absolutely right in terms of defending as a team. You know, the front three after sort of if it's a trigger as well. I think it's a trigger from the midfield. If if Celtic or what any team are going to press high, 
then you can't just go in ones and twos. You go as a team. And then the, the defence, then it allows them to go and play high on, on the halfway line or just inside their own half. The midfielders are making angles. They're showing, they're showing the opposition into certain areas where you can pounce and, and then you can go win the ball. But, um, you know, I get what I'm just saying and he's right. You know, you, defending has to be better and you have to defend well. But it's no coincidence that Saturday kept the clean sheet against Motherwell on the weekend and they win the game predominantly when you keep clean sheets you win games of football because the way Celtic play you always fancy them to score yeah they'll always score a goal so I know it's it's something that the manager the manager likes to doesn't want to talk about clean sheets and maybe he's fed up of people criticising the defence but he's absolutely right and Teddy's right you do defend as a team from the front but as I said I go back to clean sheets 1-0 to the Arsenal. Yeah. The England back four. <laughs> if they went 1-0 up, Tony Adams, you know, David Seaman, Lee Dixon, uh, Nigel Winterburn and, and, and Stevie Bold, 1-0, shut up shop. They won under George Graham. Yeah. Hundreds of games. That's, that's the famous saying, 1-0 to the Arsenal. Exactly. You uh, go 1-0 up and you predominantly win games. Seen, seen in terms of Kyogre, it'd be an absolute nightmare play against as well he's an absolute because he doesn't stand still yeah he doesn't defend centre backs will not get any time in the ball holding midfielders when the defender will pop into the holding midfielder he's always on their heels he'd be an absolute nightmare to play against um, That that's the, the he does he does the dirty side of the game brilliant for he Celtic does. he yeah. works so hard for him look he scores goals what is it 9 and 13 you just yep. says yeah. it's a great return but what he does off the ball that's what I've been more impressed with mm. he's off the ball yeah. What rate's um, exceptional? I th- the numbers are really impressive for, for Celtic in the attacking areas. I mean, we were speaking earlier on in the show about Rangers' struggle for goals at the moment. Uh, with Celtic, it ain't an issue. When you look at Jota, I think it's three goals, four assists so far, six goals for Abada. Didn't have his, one of his better days yesterday, but he's been fantastic for, for Celtic. Turnbull. Just turned 20. Turnbull's on seven. If you don't give him the own goal from yesterday, which would have taken him to eight. And then Kyogo's got nine. That, that's a lot of goals uh, midfield to front, Barry, isn't it? Yeah, it's spread now. You, you're not relying on one player scoring the goals. Um, and, and that's the problem that, that Rangers have got now. Their, their goal scorers no scoring, but near as the, the people round about them. Um, but Celtic have got that um, luxury just now. Um, David Turnbull, would you say eight goals? Seven. Seven goals. Yeah. That's a decent return from the a central is, midfielder. Buddy, you, you know yourself, he's, he's got an array of goals. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, he's in there, He's he's um, and Jota has just got that tall poke to play him in, and he, he, he makes a mess of it first time around, and he, he makes sure the second time, all right, he was given as an own goal yeah. in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. But he's in there. It's all about him, yeah. And then, and then at the weekend, you see him smash one in when he hits across the ball, flies in the top corner, great technique. Um, so he's getting all types of goals from midfield, you know? Yeah. Tap ins, long, long range shots. Yeah, absolutely. Things. That's a lot of goals uh, between four players, isn't it? Terry, I'm wondering just if, if you've reassessed what you're expecting from the season from Celtic now. Um, based on the, the, the last few games, based on that quality of performance yesterday. I mean, 2-0 didn't really tell the story of Celtic Celtic's dominance in the game. Does it make you rethink what Celtic are capable of now this season? Certainly not, Rob. We just need to keep going. We're a work in progress and, as a wise man must once said, Rangers are the benchmark. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> Martin Ma- Mr Martin O'Neill, it was indeed, wasn't it? 
I came on the show earlier, Terry, and I said exactly the same. I know Rob was wanting me to wax lyrical over Celtic three wins in a row, but I basically no. said I basically said the same as you. I think just be humble for a minute, keep winning games. I, it's a work in progress. It's encouraging, it's, though, isn't it? It's transition. Um, and at the start of the season, when when you think about it, what what Ange had to deal with, what he was left with, you know, I don't want to mm. go on about losing his captain, losing his best centre half, losing his good midfield player, losing his best centre forward. Um, but it's just just keep you know churning out wins. I, I think win there's going to win. be I think there's going to be so many up and downs this season. I don't think it's going yeah. to be like 25 points last season or before that when Celtic dominated. <laughs> I, th- I don't think it's going to be that way. I, and also I will say is I think January is going to be vital for both Rangers and Celtic in terms of the transfer window. That's th- why... Go Terry. Sorry Rob. No, no. That's why I kind of alluded to the, the kind of we need a wee bit more muscle in that midfield I think because the Rangers game when we played Rangers I just thought Rangers were a bit too much streetwise for us in that game and... Obviously, Kyogo played out left and Ange admitted he's a mistake. So, they're certainly playing through the middle the next time we play Rangers. But I just think we need to be a bit more streetwise when we play against Rangers. Because Rangers kind of let us, let us play that time as well. So, Wait, where's James Mc- McCarthy just now? Is he injured? He's injured. Right. He wasn't in the squad yeah. yesterday, was he? hamstring or something. Yeah. It's been kind of stop start for well, him. James so has far. got a four year contract, you know. He does. So, you know, he needs to. He needs to get away. He's injured at the minute, so you can't do a lot about it. He's obviously working, but to get back fit. But in terms of coming to Celtic, you know, and he's it, part of the plan, there, isn't he? There was a lot of it was a bit, a bit divided in terms of, you know, yeah, good signing. Other people say, well, he's been injured a lot. Will he fit in? Will he? Will he get games? Um, and as you say, there, Terry, you look at the midfield at the minute, and you've got McGregor. I like him further up the pitch. I know he can sit. Yeah. He can do that job. He can take it off the back four. He can play passes. I like him further up because I think he can be more effective and I think he can slide balls through when he's in that further midfield role, almost like a 10, really. Um, And then you've got Turnbull, who at the minute is, you can't leave him out because of his goals. And Rogic has worked so well on his fitness. You know, he's got that guy, he drives through the middle of the park. Do you think Celtic need that deep line midfielder? Yeah, somebody with a bit bit of a presence as well, you know. yeah. Just to show there, like I think Beaton can do it. You said the other day, yeah, Aberdeen, yeah. Yep. But I still think Beaton's got a mistake in him. I think he does well for two or three games, and you think, oh yeah, he's mm. the answer. And then you know he'll do something silly. He let one run through his, you know, under <laughs> his foot or something. Get sent off. He he let you down at some mm. stage. Um, yeah. But I I agree. And 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 in January, Terry, I think there's an opportunity there. Um, to go and to go get a few more in to go and add quality to the quality that they have. Don't just buy players for the sake of having numbers. You want players to come no. in and compete for a first team place. Um, and I have no doubt that Celtic will back the manager. Well, they have to. They have to back him because we know what's we know what's at stake at the end of the season. Yeah, we've seen what he's capable of in terms of making signings. Some really ex- uh, exciting acquisitions. Uh, and maybe Terry more to come in January from Ange Postacoglu. Well, you know, January's massive again for Celtic because it comes around the Champions League qualifiers quickly again next July. I mean, this year we kind of, I, th- I thought, I thought we just kind of gave up on it. Like, guys like Hart and Jota and Kyogre weren't in place when we played Midland. Yeah. And then they get put out by a bang average team. So yeah. January, January's massive for Celtic. We need to just get the players in that we know can. 
get us up and running for qualification and that as well. Should we should we win the league? <laughs> the league, well, you go right. If we win the league, you go right into it. But yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure if second place you get qualifiers this year. I'm, I don't know. But it's a big prize, isn't it? For first the, is for first, Terry. Second champions. is nowhere. <laughs> first is first. Second is nowhere. Well, nobody, yeah, remember, right. nobody remembers I, I second place. Tell you know that. On that, on that note, I Terry. Thanks. Know. Thanks for calling. Thanks, good, Terry. Good to have you in the show. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, 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 go. Get you up to date. North Frederick Street, one-way street closed due to sinkhole between George Square and Cathedral Street. Slow traffic on the M74 northbound at Dallin Tober Street, Kenning Park, Tradeston. Congestion to halfway past uh, Junction 1A, that's uh, Palmadi Road, travel time there around 10 minutes. Uh, traffic returning to normal on the M8 eastbound around Junction 18, that's Great Western Road at Charing Cross. Uh, queuing traffic on the M8 westbound at Junction 16, Canal Street, Craig Hall, congestion uh, to Junction 12, Rudry, Cumbernauld Road in the Roadworks area and travel time there is around 25 minutes. You're up to date. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre on a Wednesday evening. Hope you're having a good one. Good to have you with us uh, listening to the show uh, on the back of Celtic 2, Ferenc Varos 0. And ahead of Rangers against Bronby at Ibrox tomorrow night, like Celtic, Rangers are pointless at the moment in the group stages of the Europa. Can they sort that out? And how's the squad looking for tomorrow? Yeah, everyone's come through the weekend's game fine. They're then all available for selection. Uh, Ryan Kent's closer, but we've had to maybe uh, take this game out. It's come a little bit too soon, so he's days away. Um, but unfortunately, this one comes a little bit too soon. Ryan Jack's progressing well, should be in full training, probably around or just before the Aberdeen game. So positive on both them fronts, but unfortunately, this game comes too soon for Ryan. So some big players missing at the moment for Rangers when you think about it. We were speaking about it already, Barry. The, the likes of uh, Jack and Kent and Helander and, of course, suspended tomorrow night, Kamara. Yeah, um, big players, as you, you mentioned. But it's good to know that Kent, I, I think, could be available for the weekend. Um, and obviously, Ryan Jack's no far away. And for me, they're two real important players. I, I think I know Ryan Kent, a lot, a lot was made. His form as well, slightly dipped. But on his day, Robbie's a match winner. Ryan Kent um, I would always have him in my starting 11 and Ryan Jack um, it's been disappointing for Ryan to miss so long 6 or 7 months but they got to the bottom of the, the, the root of the problem should I say it's now sorted so hopefully he can get back and, and playing games of football and obviously you mentioned Glenn Kamara who I keep going on about just gets better and better each game um, so they're, they're, they're big players um, that are missing but that's why you've got a big squad Rob because you've got to deal with injuries and, and suspensions. Um, and these players, albeit you're disappointed they're missing tomorrow night, but Rangers should still be strong enough to beat Bromby. Here's Steven Gerrard on Bromby, the Danish champions, but mid-table at the moment, uh, trailing pretty well behind Mitchell and the league leaders. In terms of Bromby, I know a lot about them because I've watched a lot of games uh, in the last week, 10 days. Um, I'm aware that they didn't start the season domestically really strong, but they seem in the last three, four weeks, the last four or five games to be getting a lot stronger and turning the form around. I think they're a really honest team who play with a back five. Uh, they carry a big threat up front. They have a little and large combination, really good movement. And um, 
we need to control the front two players uh, for, for Bromby to, to, to have a chance because they carry a big threat. Um, so they're a team, again, at this level, you've always got to respect your opponents, the individuals within that. But for me, the focus is very much on us and trying to be the best version of Rangers. If we do, we should get a positive result. Yeah, I know it's a cliche, but it is about Rangers you feel uh, tomorrow night. And if they, they can hit the form that they showed in bits of that game against Hearts at the weekend, Barry, you'd be pretty confident they can get things kick-started tomorrow night. Yeah, so if they play the, the way they did against Hearts the first 45 minutes, Rob, I think it's um, certainly a Rangers, a Rangers win. They need to win. Listen, that's double-headed. They've got to win. Put it that way. Uh, and I'm sure the manager will be stressing that to the players. Uh, and as I said, disappointing you're missing some key ones through injury, but they've been missing for a, a number of weeks now or, or months, Rob. So, look, Rangers, for me, go out, take the game to them straight away, um, get out the traps as quickly as possible. Uh, they'll come, sit back, they play with a back five, you've just heard, so they're going to sit in and try and frustrate Rangers. But for me, Rangers... Uh, I've got to win the game and they will win the game. Yeah, must win. Here's Conor Goldson. Yeah, it's a massive game for us. It's a must win. Obviously, the first two games haven't gone to plan. If we want to keep playing in Europe after Christmas, then this game is a must win. We're at Ibrox. We've already lost one of our home games, so we need to now go on a run in the group and that starts tomorrow. He's a stick on Conor Goldson uh, to play. Um, he will play his 52nd European game, all of them basically since Steven Gerrard uh, took charge of the team. And he was asked today as well about Nathan Patterson because uh, the the chat about Everton and their interest in the 19-year-old Rangers right back um, has aired again. It probably uh, won't go away because he is such a talent. There are lots of big clubs watching on from the sidelines. Steven Gerrard um, is convinced that he is a, a big part of Rangers' future and so is Conor Goldson. Advice-wise, I don't think there's not real much advice I can give him. It's his own unique situation that he's in. It's credit to himself, the hard work that he's put in over the years. But all I can say is for this football club, I think that Nathan Patterson's the future of it and I think he's an amazing player. Everyone that I've spoke to about him, I speak really highly of him on and off the pit. He wants to learn. I've really enjoyed playing next to him when he's played. I think he's a young boy full of energy, but at the same time, he's got amazing qualities for going forward and defending. So, as I said, I think he's the future of this football club and um, he's a player that I hope that Rangers keep for a long time. It's not a great surprise, John Hartson, is it, that there's a lot of interest uh, in Nathan Patterson? No, not at all. He's a good young player. Um, he's never let anybody down, in particular his manager, um, Stephen Gerrard, when he's, whenever he has come in, he played that pivotal pass, didn't he, into Lyndon Dykes. He did. Won the game. Um, just had that bit of quality, that for 87 minutes or whatever, nobody else could produce that. Nathan Patterson came on and brilliant, didn't feel the pressure, stayed calm and... Um, no, naturally there's going to be interest because people are looking at his situation, they're looking at Tavernier, looking at the captain and thinking, well, you know, Tavernier, Patterson, can we nick? Can we nick uh, Patterson away from Rangers? And it's going to be down to the club, it's going to be down to him personally, it's going to be down what, what type of ambition he has, does he want to spend more years at Rangers and learn and develop? Or, you know, will one of the vultures from the Premier League come in and pay the money that could prize him away? Um but Conor Goldson's right, you know, he is... Celtic are the same, Rangers are the same. Ideally, you want to hold on to all your good young players. You want to build on them. You'll sign other players on the back of having a Patterson at your football club. But over the years, we've seen it many, many a times, and we've seen it more now. When, when these players, when the big money, when the clubs come in, 
clubs tend to go, clubs tend to sell. And players eventually want to have a little go, you know, of the Premier League. They know where that's all the big money is. Um, so I don't know. I, I can't really speak for Nathan Patterson other than the fact that when I've seen him play, he looks a very, very good player. And you want your players to be wanted, don't you? And th- this is what happens when you've got a top talent like him, Barry. Um uh, the, the predators come prowling around. Yeah, it shows you you're doing the right thing in terms of developing um young young kids coming through. Um I think for Nathan Patterson's development going forward, I think it would be better for him to stay and play. But the hundred million dollar question is is he going to play? Because obviously you've got the captain Tavernier at right back. Um who's also a very good player. So uh, yeah, so that that's the the question that um Nathan Patterson's got to ask himself. I hope he stays because I do believe what Connor Golson said there. I think he has the future, um, and I would like to see him stay longer term. But listen, money talks. If somebody comes in with a crazy offer, Rob, mm. you never know what, what what's going to happen. But one thing I liked what Connor Golson said there, and it worries me about young kids nowadays. He wants to learn. All right, he's played with Rangers first team. He's had a few appearances. He's now a full international. Done really well. But he wants to learn, and that's brilliant to hear. And you have to take it step by step, don't you? Um, I mean, you made you made a big move pretty young, John, didn't you? Nineteen, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was in I was playing in the old second division at Luton, and I was still very much a kid. Um, so when that move came along to go to Arsenal, it, it was a no brainer. Two point five million twenty six years ago was a lot of money for Luton, you know, playing in that league and. Um, Luton sort of snapped their hands at it really I went to Arsenal and I was Britain's most expensive teenager at yeah. that time but I mean year. whatever club you'd come from that, that's yeah. massive at the age of 19 isn't it that's where it Nathan is. Patterson's at in terms of age You know, but he's I, at a massive club just he's now he's at a massive yeah. club that's, that's the difference yeah, yeah that's the difference whereas I never went from a Liverpool to Arsenal I went from relatively a small club like Luton they needed the money they needed that type of money you know that was a lot of money back then for Luton it was a record so they jumped at it and obviously gave me a wonderful opportunity to go to a club like Arsenal and learn the England back forward there I was, I was playing up front with Ian Wright and Dennis Burkamp and wow. you know these type of guys so what I what I took from that yeah. training with them every day just watching how they how they play together and linked and you know their professionalism as well was uh you know, it was a wonderful, wonderful period in my life. So you look at Nathan Patterson, he's at a big club. Yeah. Um, he's not a regular in the team. He's in and out of the Scotland setup. And um again, it's gonna be down to him and what 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 he wants to do. I wouldn't really say ambition because if he doesn't go in the next three or four years, he might well go. You look at the likes I keep comparing, you look at the likes of Kieran Tini. He's one who came through the system. And he played in Europe, Champions League, won titles. And then Celtic thought the time was right. He thought the time was right to go on, you know, £25 million. What is he worth now? Yeah. But the thing with Kieran Tierney, he had played 150 odd yeah. games. I'm right. no, yeah, I don't know exactly. It's a handful for Patterson. Yeah, for me, he needs to go and play a lot more, get a bit more experience. And listen, that move might come or he might get what he wants at Rangers. But your point is a good one. He's at a big club and I don't think Rangers will be ready to sell anytime soon unless they get the legendary silly price. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, John. Uh, good luck to Rangers tomorrow night, but we will be back with another show before then. Tomorrow, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go, go.
Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the taxi centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.